Today, we completed chapter 18, which clearly shows the difference between the Madhyamaka Svatantrika and the Madhyamaka Prasangika. The Prasangika believes that things coming to existence merely by nominal designation. The autonomy school, or the Svatantrika, believes that things come into existence conventionally having intrinsic existence coupled with nominal designation. So once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, for people following along, we're going to begin on uh, chapter 18, uh, page 22425 is where uh, the starting point will be for today. And the subject matter um, of the, the text um, is the summary of all of Lord Buddha's teachings um, by putting them into three major headings. And these are called the teachings for, be uh, sh for beings of three capacities, uh, beginning with the teachings shared in common with beings of small capacity uh, that lead to the higher realms of cyclic existence. A practitioner goes for refuge to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha engages in ethics that abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, acknowledges downfalls, and independence upon those practices is able to achieve higher realm rebirth. The next level, the teachings shared in common with beings of medium capacity are for people who want to achieve an individual liberation or nirvana. This practitioner practices the three highest higher trainings of ethics, concentration, and wisdom. In independence upon these three highest higher trainings, he or she is able to achieve their own individual liberation or nirvana. And finally, the last category, the teachings for beings of great capacity or for beings who wish to achieve Buddhahood. Uh, and this practitioner engages in the all of the previous mentioned teachings of the small and medium capacity and then couples them with bodhicitta or the mind that aspires to enlightenment and then from that mind practices the six perfections and that uh, allows him or her to achieve the complete state of buddhahood diso <laughs> Tanya Jenny, 
Yunus she said the Shugula Shugula that's Nigala, Samadruba, Ta Mabe, Sama, Kelambala, Tobina, Tobina, Same Madrujan, Kelambi Gune, Sanjiba Teba, you know, Shechedo, Yan Tenile, Jean Rajaji, Tansi, Rajuji, Tansi, Tansi J, Sula, Kite Jeba Yino Telane Regi Mosunji Chaba Manu de Dada Seme Tama Tama Mondo Mosunda Memiba Tagi Meda Toatala De Yena De Yebe De Mena De Mento De Mento She Mena Menu To Benamunutuja Ta yeba, ta yeba, ta kona. Matabala soba, matabala soba. Shebara jawa, sheba jawa. Joa yinje. Yutan, tutanje do. Namaino. Tena. Jidembe. Kilambatanje. Gune. Chabatroba yinje. Tama maimbe. Tanju jitensije. Jenji shu, sunjimba. Cheta Marie Sheba Monson, 
de kele nüşid şi çaba mebi gune gunu ona çela harbi kele kele gundu yedan me yedan deni tanca tanca yembe tani tanca yembe tedrubi rajuji ta yeba joro mena yenje yenje kelamba gobe zebe joba mate mate dushena totala jebe kozo raji meba joba meba shebe dojan dona rajuji tanja tan tan de gobale te mande be jemedo deba deba ตาเจยนาทาเจตุทาเจยบาจุโรเชเชตุเดเนราจุลาชุดุบะเมจังเยซุโกบะตาเจดบะเยจังตาจะตาจะเมบะตาราชุเมบะตอนตอบะลาจ
Okay, so just once again, we're starting on page 225. Just give me one moment. (coughs) 
whether to carry out the refutation with a Svatantrika procedure or with a Prasangika procedure. So just real quickly as a note, those are the two divisions of the middle way school. So the um, Madhyamaka school is divided into two categories, Madhyamaka Svatantrika and Madhyamaka Prisangika, the Prisangika being the highest school. Should you refute the object of negation with a Svatantrika procedure or with a Prasangika procedure? This has two parts. The meaning of Svatantrika and Prasangika is number one, and number two is which system to follow so as to develop the right philosophical view in your mind stream. Uh, the meaning of Svatantrika and Prasangika. It is not clear that the commentary of the Master Buddha Palita sets up a Prasangika system, distinguishing Prasangika from Svatantrika. Nonetheless, consider his commentary on the opening lines of the fundamental treatise. There is no sense in which anything has ever been produced either from itself, from something else, from both, or without a cause. Here he negates the four types of production by pointing out the faults of other systems. The master Baba Vega refutes him, claiming that Buddha Palita's arguments have no power to establish his own position or to repudiate the positions of others. Now that the uh, so Baba Vega is a holder of the um, Svatantrika view. Buddha Palita holds the Prasangika view. Um, have no power to establish his own position or to repudiate the positions of others. Now the master Chandrakirti. Chandra extensively comments on why Buddha Palita's own system does not suffer from such faults. In so doing, he states that Madhyamakas should employ reductio ad absurdum, the Prasangika arguments, not autonomous Svatantra uh, arguments, as their method for instilling the Madhyamaka view in others. In this way, Chandrakirti elucidates the Prasangika position through a refutation of autonomous argument. This section on how to posit such a Svatantrika-Prasangika distinction has two parts. The refutation of others' positions to setting forth our own positions. The refutation of others' positions. Stating what others believe, stating these, those positions. What others believe. There have been many ways of defining reductio arguments and autonomous arguments. Who could explain all of them? That is why I focus on only... Oh, who could explain all of them? That's why I focus only on a few of them. The first misinterpretation. Jayananda advocates the following position in his explanation of Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way. Uh, the Madhyamika Avatara Tika. He says, question, if you consider reductio ad absurdum, argument to be a syllogistic reasoning, then does valid cognition establish it? If so, then it would be established for both parties, so how can you say that it is what the other party asserts? If not, then since it would be inappropriate for the other party to assert what is not established, how can they say that it is what the other party asserts? Some might answer, so if both parties, if someone who has a wrong view, if both parties don't see through valid cognition, the, the nature of reality, then it can't be correct because um, both are, are, are trying to apprehend. Apprehension through valid cognition is how we decide whether something is correct or not. So it's saying if both parties don't see this, then how can it be correct if valid cognition is something that we, we have in order to understand something correctly. Some might answer, whatever valid cognition establishes is established from both sides, but that is precisely what we do not know. When one party posits something as a pro probative reason, even though 
is it probative or probative? I think it's probative reason. Even though valid cognition may establish it for the one who posits a syllogism, how can that person be certain that valid cognition establishes it for the other party? After all, the particulars of the other party's mind are objects of neither perception nor inference. And how can you be certain that valid cognition establishes it even for yourself? For if it is possible that you could be deceived, inasmuch as you have been under the influence of error for an exceedingly long time, uh, therefore, I accept the nature of things on the strength of both the proponent and opponent of accepting such as valid. Hence, I refute the positions of others in terms of their own assertions. The proponent of any syllogism does not know whether the opponents have established the reasoning for themselves by means of valid cognition. This is because neither of the two types of valid cognition, sense Valid sense type cognition and valid cognition based on a reason give the proponent access to what the opponent is thinking. You cannot be certain that valid cognition establishes the reason even by yourself. For even when you determine that you have established it by valid cognition, it is possible that you have been deceived. Therefore, since there are no validly established reasons, the debate is founded on what the parties accept as valid. Hence, it is proper to refute the opponents in terms of what they accept, even though valid cognition does not establish anything from either party. This is how he explains it. And again, the same explanation of Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way continues. According to the partisans of autonomous reasoning, what makes something an autonomous probative reason is that valid cognition establishes the provision between the reason and the probatium, pro, uh, probendum. Yet that pervasion is not established. A valid cognition that establishes a pervasion is either a perception or an inference. Let us take time, let, let us take them one at a time. I wish I could look at the Tibetan at the same time. That's all right. A perception cannot establish the pervasion. Through what is perceived and what is not perceived, you can know that there is a necessary conditional relationship between fire and smoke in a kitchen, so that if one exists, the other will also, and if one does not exist, neither will the other. However, you cannot deduce the existence of fire from the existence of smoke in all places, nor can you use inference to establish the pervasion for that too is limited to certain domains. The domain inference is not universal because knowledge that something is impermanent, for example, will arise only when there is a reason related to the probendum and not in all places and times. Therefore, the pervasion is established only by way of what the world accepts and not by means of a valid cognition. Hence, how can it be wrong to use reductio syllogistic reasoning to refute the opposition? So, as a translator's note, most of the other schools say that you can use a syllogism to prove something, and the middle way consequence school states that you merely have to state a consequence to the person's logic or mistaken view, so you show them the, the consequence. So, for instance, as a translator's note, if, if you said all colors um, are red, then I say, okay, yellow's red. That's the consequence of the statement that all colors are red. That means that then yellow's red. So according to the consequence school, that's all you need to do to bring somebody's mind to a correct view is just to, to reduce them to ad absurdium, to an absurd place that shows them, disproves what they think. So 
that's what the consequence school says. Other schools say you need a complete, oh, the subject A is this because of that. The consequence school says you merely need to say, oh, all colors are red? Uh, the, oh, yellow's red? So you don't nearly have to say, oh, yellow's red? Okay, so that's what the, the meaning is of that. Uh, where am I, real quick, someone? What page? Oh, I'm in the right place. So if valid cognitions did establish pervasions, such as the presence of fire wherever there is smoke or the impermanence of all that is produced, then autonomous arguments would be acceptable, but they, are, they do not. If valid cognition established pervasions, then the pervasions concerning the existence of fire wherever there is smoke and impermanence where there is production would have to be established in all times and places. However, since perception and inference establish those pervasions only in relation to certain domains such as kitchens and pots, the scope of those pervasions is limited. Therefore, mere acceptance and not valid cognition must establish even the pervasions. This is why J Jayananda says, this is what Jayananda says. Evidently, he believes that if a proof uses a reason for which valid cognition has established the three criteria, then it is an autonomous argument. If a proof is made just on the basis of the parties accepting the fulfillment of the three criteria, then it is a reductio argument. The second misinterpretation. Some translators, students of the scholar Jayananda, argue as follows. Madhyamakas have no thesis of their own. They only refute what others believe. Since the elements of a syllogism, such as the subject, are not agreed upon, that is accepted by both parties, autonomous arguments are not tenable. The only result of reasoned analysis is that others give up their tenets. Apart from this, since Madhyamakas have no beliefs of their own, the autonomous syllogism should not be used under any circumstances. Therefore, only reductio arguments are permissible. Indeed, since these reductio arguments, which establish a positive position, ultimately derive from autonomous syllogisms, only reductios that negate the position of a opponents are permissible. Since this latter type of reductio is a reductio in which both the reason and the pervasion are merely accepted by both parties or derived from the mere assertions of both of the parties, correct valid cognition does not establish the reason and pervasion. It is based on such a reductio that they uh, eliminate the claims of elaborations of others and they do this with four types of arguments. Of these, the reductio argument expressing a contradiction works in the following way. The opponents accept that production, for example, is purposeful and finite, and they also believe that things are produced from themselves. But if a thing is produced from itself, since that would mean that something that already exists is being produced, production would be purposeless, purposeless and endless, and would be incorrect to hold that it is purposeful and finite. If they accept that, then it would be incorrect for them to accept that things are produced from themselves. Then the, when the contradictions are assembled in this way, the only result is that the opponents understand them and abandon this tenet. Inference based on what others accept refutes the opponent using a subject, a reason, and so forth that are accepted by that opponent. For example, the seedling that you accept as produced from itself is not produced from itself because it is own very self. It 
it is its own very self. Even though the Madhyamaka state that it is not produced from itself, this is merely a refutation of the other's claim that things arise from themselves. It does not establish for the Madhyamakas themselves the non-existence of production from self, and hence the Madhyamakas have no thesis. Theses? Is it supposed to say thesis? Theses. Theses. Is that the correct word? Theses. Wow, there's no I? Okay. The argument called theses. Thank you. The argument called the similarity of probative reason and probendum involves showing how none of the examples or signs that the opponent's state in order to prove their position can be proven relevant to that position. The argument from the parallelism of similar reasons involves parallelism between indistinguishable reasons such that if you accept one, you accept the other. Objection. Well then, do you or do you not believe such refutations of what the opponent accepts? If you do, then that in itself constitutes your thesis and there would be an autonomous reason providing that position. If you do not, it is pointless for you to give arguments that refute what the other party accepts. Reply by the followers of Jayananda. When you analyze the ultimate, you, if you accept a predicate such as lacks intrinsic existence or is not produced, then you have to accept autonomous thesis Theses, theses and reasons. However, since we do not accept such predicates, we have no fault. If simply believing something means that you have a thesis, then everyone would have theses about everything. That is how the followers of Jayananda explain their position. Evidently, they believe that even though they have nothing to prove from their own side, they can merely refute others' positions, that even though they have beliefs, they have no theses, and that they have no position of their own, avoiding theses such as the absence of intrinsic existence when analyzing the ultimate. Apparently, they consider as Fatantrika's those who do not believe that there is nothing at all that can be asserted and who therefore, when analyzing the ultimate, assert the predicate lacks intrinsic nature and establish that as their own position. Those who do not assert such predicates but engage only in the refutation of what others accept, they consider prasangikas, the third misinterpretation. So these are all wrong. According to those who today consider themselves prasangika madhyamakas, there is nothing to accept even conventionally in one's own system, neither as regards, <coughs> regards to the ultimate nor as regards to the conventional. If you have such a thesis, then you have to accept the examples and reasons that prove it. And in that case, you are a svatantrika, Therefore, prasangikas have no system of their own at all. For Nagarjuna's refutation of objection states, If I had any thesis, then I would suffer from that fault. But if I have no thesis, I, am, I alone am without faults. If sensory perception and so forth could actually perceive something, there would be something to prove or to refute. But as they do not, I cannot be faulted. As Nagarjuna's 60 stanzas of reasoning says, Mahatmas have no positions. They have no arguments. How can those who have no positions themselves have positions vis-a-vis others? Also, Arya Davis 400 verses says, No matter how long you try, you can never rebut those who have no position in regard to existence, non-existence, or both. All of those who are sources <laughs> showing that a Madhyamaka's... Uh, all of those are sources showing that a Madhyamaka has no position or thesis. The clear word states, If you are a Madhyamaka, it is not right to make an autonomous <laughs> argument. 
for we do not accept the positions of others. The, uh, also, the opposite of the absurd consequence in a reductio pertains to the opponent, but not to ourselves, for we have no th- theses. And Chandrakirti's commentary on the middle way states, does a refutation work to refute by contacting what it refutes, or does it refute without making contact? This is a problem. This problem is inevitable for those who have positions. But since I do not, this reductio argument does not apply to me. These passages state that because Madhyamakas have no position, those faults do not apply to them. Therefore, all Madhyamaka expositions are put forward only in terms of the perspective of the other party. For, as Chandrakirti's commentary on the Middle Way states, while you accept real dependent entities, I do not accept them even conventionally. For effect, I say they exist even though they do not. Taking the perspective of the world, I speak of a self. What is... What is more, Nagarjuna's refutation of objection says, since there is nothing to be refuted, I refute nothing. Therefore, in saying that I refute nothing, you in, therefore, in saying that I refute something, you insult me. <laughs> so there is no such thing as even refuting some other position. That is what they say. The fourth misinterpretation. Some earlier Madhyamakas, Tibetan scholars who follow the master Chandrakirti, argue as follows. We completely reject these systems that claim that Madhyamakas have no positions of their own and no valid cognitions to establish them. Our own system is as follows. We refute both the perceptual and inferential valid cognitions based on real fact of those who put forward presentations of valid cognition and objects and the objects it cognizes in terms of intrinsic character that can withstand rational analysis. Accepting conventionally without an... Accepting conventionally... I lost it. I'll find it. Without analysis, the valid cognition and cognized objects familiar to the world, we Madhyamakas demonstrate that things lack true existence with sound reasoning by making a proof statement to the opponent. Even so, we are not Svatantrikas, for we posit the lack of true existence by means of valid cognitions that are familiar to the world unanalyzed. Okay. Um, so the difference between the middle way autonomy school and the middle way consequence school is as follows. The middle way autonomy school believes that there is some autonomous thingness to an object that is then comes together with the, the consciousness of the person pausing at it by, by way of them naming this thing, for instance, a car. Rinpoche just said, said a thing, so we're going to use a car. So autonomy school believes that there is carness here, but it doesn't become a car until it's named a car. So the autonomy school believes that that there is not this intrinsic. Um, there is not um, the Rinpoche, the Uma Ranjupa, the Gunzo Gunzo Demba, the the Rawanda Drupa. Yes. So they believe that conven- conventionally there is intrinsic existence, according to the autonomy school. The Prasangika school, or the middle way consequence school, states there is no intrinsic existence conventionally or ultimately. 
And the reason that they say there is intrinsic existence conventionally is because there is some thingness there that then couples with the name that brings it into being. The Prasangika believes that there's merely a name and that's just a collection that is suitable to be named as this or that. But it is no more than suitable to be named. It doesn't have any thingness to it because something can be beautiful to one person and ugly to another. So there is no thingness. And that's why, that's one of the consequences, refutations, is there is no thingness, because look, these two observations name it differently, and, it, and they are valid based on it being able to perform the function of whatever they're naming it, and they're two different things. So anyway, the autonomy school believes that it takes both the pr to bring it into being. The consequence school believes that the power of the of the naming of bringing into being as this or that is from the, the the name side it's not saying there isn't anything there it's just saying that what's there only becomes a car when it's named that and there isn't anything any ness in it whatsoever other than the potential it's just served, it's a potential, it's a suitable basis. Okay, questions. Uh, so we need the microphone. And what is your rap name going to be? Because I'd like to start introducing people as, all right, get on the mic, like that. So if you don't have to, but it's just what I'd like to do in the future, so I'd like everyone to think about it. I think it'll make it more entertaining. We'll hold the attention further. We'll go viral. I'm not going to swear. It's going to be conscious, conscious rap. Is everybody awake now? <coughs> I know this is maybe splitting hairs, but you just said that... It's um, okay, so your name's splitting hairs. Splitting, splitting hairs, hairs, get on the mic. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's not what you meant. All right. No, that's all right. I go for it. Go with that. Um, <laughs> so the Madhyamika Consequence School, you said um, if it's named... It's named, so people think that it, it... Merely, it takes a consciousness, a person, naming it's, it's a basis... It's suitable to be named yeah. such and such because it performs a, fun, a particular so something function. Something to that effect. But does it... I mean, there's also other um, aspects of why we think things inherently exist, like uh, you mentioned perception, like we like something, we don't like something, or we don't really feel one way or another about it. Doesn't that also, like... Isn't that also part of this view or this philosophy? Or yes, this yes. Rimuche. The me kashe the mota the mota sheda ninjepo du. Me kashe the mota ninjepo yomare. Gangin sena the tomba. The dundan demba yomare. Gangin sena ninji yomare. The ninji yomare yomare. Nicha yomare. Gangin sena dendel yimbecher. Demba madrupa yimbecher. The nyone. Yes. So the the me kashe tsampa nga nge the konsu dumba zepo du. Me kashe kon zepo yomare. The dumba zepo zepo yomare nicha yomare. Gangisina demba madrupa imbecher. So so because. Um, so, for instance, I gave the, I'm going to say exactly what I said to Rinpoche, and then he just agreed. So, uh, for instance, some people would see my face and would say that's a, a nice, a, a 
a handsome face. Some people would see my face and say, that's an ugly face. My face is neither handsome nor ugly because it's not truly established and merely dependently originates. What, and then when you're looking at the adjective, how is that adjective dependently originates? It's coming from your side naming it, a person naming it. And because two different people can name it two different things, it isn't beautiful or ugly or handsome or ugly. It's empty of, of being, of having any nature. The, the autonomy school would somehow say, and this is why they're wrong. There, oh, there's some handsomeness. They're Ranjupa, Rimbache. They're Ranjupa, Lenjap Garre. The me kashe, Tsampa nge zepodu. Me kashe nge zepo yomare. Then Ranjupa, Tsampa, the nge dumba zepo, zepo yure. Then that's zepo yure. That's zepo yomare yure. Nicha yure. Ranjupa gari lenja. Then yine the Gunzu Demba. Gunzu Demba nge dumba zepo nge dumba zepo yomare. The the Rawan the Drupa. Nicha Gunzu Demba. Rawan the Drupa. Ranjupa Rawan the Drupa in Sugre. Tanju Rawan the Madruba. Then the Ranjupa Sampa nge dumba Nicha. Zeppo Dan Zeppo Mayan Nicha Ranjupa Sampa Gangisena the Ranjupa Sampa the the Gunzo Raon Drupa Yure Gunzo Demba Raon the Drupa Raon Drupa Raon Drupa Then eh Nge Domba the Gunzo Demba me Kashit Sampa Zeppo me Kashit Sampa Zeppo Yomare Then eh the Ran the Ranjupa Gari Kaylan Zeppo Dan Zeppo Mayan Nicha Okay, so the, the I'm trying to figure out what the autonomy school says when you say if it has some, does it have handsomeness or does it have ugliness? If they're saying it has to, he, Rinpoche is saying that the, the middle way autonomy school would say that yes, you have some ness there of ugly and some ness of handsome and some ness so when we say it's able to perform the function, it's even more subtle than that. Because that, if we were saying that we name it this because it's able to perform the function of that, right. you got to be careful because then it's kind of saying it has some thingness. It performs that function. You know what I mean? Yeah, so well, I'm just saying that, the re that when I use that as um, my way of explaining it, it's so that like um, you can't say that if the whole world agrees that this is a, for instance, this is a dog, you can't say, that's a human being, because I named it that. That's an incorrect, that's not valid cognition, um, even yeah. in the world of conventional or ultimate truth. That's incorrect, valid cognition um, uh, altogether. So uh, there is some suitability mm -hmm. there, but it doesn't have, it, it, it's subtle in some subtler mm -hmm. way. Okay, yeah. Because you can't just name anything anything. Then the only tenjor, the nga, the mingda. I don't know how to formulate even the question I have, so let's just move on. Uh, okay. Did that answer your question? Did I even answer your question? Um, yes, you did. Okay. You answered my question. Okay, right good. From the beginning.
serves as a basis of designation. So it doesn't say it's suitable to serve as a basis of designation. It merely says serves as a basis of designation. So then it, then you would correct, you would say, is it valid cognition or, or not valid cognition? And that wouldn't have anything to do with emptiness. That would have to do with how you prove if something is correct, valid cognition or not. And then that would get into, well, does the world say that's a dog or a human? And that's where it would get into the valid cognition and the correct naming. So the correct naming would just be in the name according to what the world, and it still isn't the object. So that's how the prasangika, it's always just a name. So when we say suitable, that's just kind of parenthesis because it really is just serves as a basis of designation. It doesn't say serves as a suitable basis of designation just to make sure that the definition is correct. Yes, Stasha. Um, thank you Bye. for the teaching today, Rinpoche, Jeff, translating. Um, Rinpoche said that the middle way autonomy, autonomy believes that there's a thingness to an object when it is apprehended by the consciousness, correct? Yes, that so the, it takes both the consciousness and the object, the object's thingness, thingness so to bring it into being, yes. When the when that thing is not being apprehended by a consciousness, does it have a thingness, and or what are they? According to the autonomy school, it still does without the consciousness. Yes, because the autonomy school says that conventionally that thing has intrinsic existence of a car, even when it's not being apprehended by a consciousness. Rinpoche, the Umaranjupa, the Mota, Mota Gunzo Gunzo Rawandadrupa. The Mota, Gunzo Demba Rawanda Drupa. Then the Daken Mayena, the Gunzo Demba, the Rawanda Drupa Yurube. So no, it requires both. It requires both. So the, the, there's always has to be a simultaneous. It still doesn't make any sense. Rinpoche, the mota, mota tanda, the mota mambo yure, the kambashilo la mota yure. Then the tanda, the the umaranjupa, the mota, the kambashilo la gunzo rawan the drupa. Yes. Nga nga ming ming da mena the gunz the chu chen. The Mota Chu Chen, the Gunzo Rawan the Drupa, the Umaranjupa. Yes. Okay. I'm going to retract my previous statement. And there is, I said the cars outside. Do the Middle Way Autonomy School believe that those cars outside conventionally have intrinsic existence? And he said yes. But in order for it to, us to even talk about it, then we're naming it. You know what I mean? Like, how does it even... Like the tree falling in the woods, if no one's there to hear it, did it flat? It's kind of, we're doing that right now. Like, if there's no, ac like, consciousness apprehending it. The ngatsu the sem, the mota salomadana, mota yure. Kangyasena mota yoba, mota mepa yomare. Tanda kamashilo la... 
motaire. Natsu salo madana, motaire. Salo dana, motaire. Nene, de ranjupa, tsampa, rawanda drupa. De mota kanga, gunzo rawanda drupa. Salo madana, me genda. Natsu salo madana, de mota kona. De mota kona. Natsu salo yomare. De mota kona. De rawanda drupa? Okay, yeah, so it is. The, the, the car out there has conventional intrinsic existence. The car out there. According to the Middle Way Autonomy School. But he's saying in order for us to perceive it, it has to take the car and us, but not for it to be sitting outside because it exists. I said, you know, if none of us in this room think about a car, they're still outside. I said, are those cars that we're, I'm talking about right now that none of us are thinking about um, it conventionally intrinsically existent? He said, yes. So that's how we arrived there. I said, those cars outside that none of us are thinking about. Okay, next. <laughs> that we're all thinking about, though. That's interesting, though. Question for Nima. If it you takes both, okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so these teachings that we're reading right now are obviously incredibly kind of complex, you know. And I don't know what people. any of it said. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I've spent time reading before I come because yes. I like to like get a little bit, maybe a little whisper of, you know, some understanding so that we gain a little more while we're here. Yes. So it gets back to the idea of, we've asked this to Rinpoche before, like where should we be spending our time? Yes. And so my question is, you know, how does he know where he should spend his time, like on his path? Rinpoche. And, no, Nima. Nima, okay. Yeah, so how does he know and what does he do? So, and how would we know what, we sh what is best suited for our path? You know, if it's, we're saying it's intuitive, but we don't really have an accurate perception of our right? cycle, like how would we know really like it should be on merit or wisdom and what parts of wisdom we should be applying ourselves for? Right. So I think about even the Buddhist path, he was doing things in the, his last human re, you know, birth that wouldn't have necessarily been taught to be the correct path mm. to Buddhahood. Mm. Right? He's being an ascetic. He's doing things that he would not ascribe to for us to do. Right. So, you know, but that's exactly what he had to do to get there. To so, negate those wrong yeah, views. To, yeah, to, to get there. Like, so how do we know what we should be focusing on? Like, and again, is it merit? Is it wisdom? Is it... You know, because we don't know, like, right? There's that knowledge isn't carried forth from our previous existence about where we're at, mm. right? The Buddha didn't know where he was at at that point in time, or he wouldn't have done, you know, like, mm -hmm. he obviously was very far along, and yet he was doing things that wouldn't be indicative of someone who was there. Or actually it was, because that's what happened, but mm. it wouldn't, that's not what he would probably teach, right? He wouldn't say being an ascetic is part of the path that you need to. Definitely not. So, and that was more, I mean, if you look at it according to our view... That was a teaching on those things aren't right, part yeah, of the path. That, right, like but, the Buddha okay. was teaching that asceticism, he did all that to teach that it doesn't work. But he, I know we've talked about this before. Like because the Mahayana view is that Buddha was yeah, already enlightened. Yeah, I know, right. But anyway, but, so back to the question. Like how, how, do, how, does he, how did he know? What does he do? Yeah. How, how should we? I think it's going to be a lot. One thing that and I'm going to ask him 100% is that 
the Tibetan way of going about doing things and the Western way is so different. They're so comfortable with just a f- vague understanding and just doing the best and just kind of slowly learning things and doing like a whole prayer and then just kind of maybe focusing a little on love and compassion more and, and just doing like the same thing every day for 20 years, the same prayer, and just kind of like, they don't have this, th- it's a little different. Geshe-la. Ngatsu de lam-rim. De tanda de lam-rim. Shera kali kapudu. De shine latong. Latong chembo. De lam-rim chembo. Kali kasho. Dene, de ngatsu de lam-rim. The mumbo yure, jantro, dang, dendel yen la juni, dang, nepa jonwa, dang, doni dopishera, dang, the shade of mumbo yure, then the megewa ju pombit sutrim. Then a natsu kanga sem chipa yomare, transem, then gaysen, dang konsem, chipa yomare, then a the cherang. The lam nga kabiyare kandre gutsogudu. Then a nima dakpar cherang nampichu nyamlen chegudu. Then a the cherang kandre nga tering e ninji gomjadu. Chikshena tering e tombani gonjagare. Chikshena saning e shamba gonjagare. Then a cherang kuna cherang cherang. The kandre gutsogudu. The tambo, nipa, sumba. The the Gangisuna Natsu Sam Kanga Kakare. The Ne Nga the Gari Pensho. Nga Ninji Saladan Pensho. Shambat Saladan Pensho. Doni Saladan Pensho. The Ne Chirang Kandre Gutsogudu. Sanatanda the Kareyam Laura. That is Santa de Rong. Aranda between Santa at the same age as you are. ジェメ。サンタでやしろ友達。でね、で、感動ベチャイエルベ、ニマダックパーチランカンドンチパダンドエ。カネより。でね、で、で、チランカンドダナ、ゴンジャドエ。ゴンサンサンでよ。サンサ
So he has a number of, of prayers that he's been doing for decades um, that he reads every day and that he's over the years in these decades received teachings on and, and as a result of reading these over and over again and um, he, it enhances his knowledge and, and makes him kind of curious more about certain areas of it as he reads it every day he becomes more curious of certain things than others and investigates them and when he learns gets a teaching on them it opens it up even more so then he knows uh, investigates it further so he said it's just an ongoing process of uh, of as a monk he was given prayers in a curriculum and um, you know so it's just a matter he said of thinking he said I th he said I think for myself what I need to work on because I know I don't know that much or I don't behave that way because all day I'm thinking about how I'm behaving. So it's just being mindful and know, knowing who you are and just that's how the Tibetans do it. And I was saying to him that we as Western Tibetans are very comfortable with um, in a few many lifetimes later I'll, I'll achieve this or that. I'll become a bodhisattva in 10 or a hundred thousand lifetimes later, we're very uncomfortable with that. We want we want to know how to do it now. Like we we, we think we read the Lamrim Chemo and we're like, okay, all right, we did the refuge part, we did the this part, and it's really like. I know that for myself, I haven't had the realization of even refuge, like the door into Buddhism, like as if I did, I wouldn't do a lot of the things that I do in life. I wouldn't run to things to make me happy, I would just run to Buddhism always. Because I would take refuge, refuge, like going for refuge, we just, yeah, well, I take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And then something comes up, and this, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, I might be like, help me! But that's about it. Like the rest, I just run to every other means of happiness than the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's just a very slow process and it's tough because we, as Westerners, can just read this and know, just read this book. A Tibetan would literally need to read a paragraph and then be explained it because the words aren't the same as just regular speaking. Like you need a teacher to explain everything. Every single bit of this, a Tibetan would require a teaching on. Every bit of it. Like, like there's no, ch that chapter we just read would, you know, wouldn't, I mean, even the first book, they wouldn't, so it's a struggle I found for myself is that I want to know, like, where's the best? What's the best place? Then what's the best, best place that I can begin? I want, I've asked at least 10 teachers this. Same thing. And they say, well, you have to see everybody's mind's different. Read this prayer every day. In five years, they talk in such long terms that my impatience just can't handle. But I've just learned over the years that I'm just not going to get it. And I've become more okay with that. So even as a monk, it's more of an internal process than someone's a teacher is directing. They're not grooming them. At all. No, not like you would think. Like okay, like Daniel's son. Like no, I I thought that too. Like I got to the no. They teach him the paragraph. You have any questions about that paragraph? No. Okay. And then they like will give them certain initiations and stuff, but they don't guide them through tantric practice or anything like that. They will answer questions, but never say like, "Okay, do this every single day and you'll be all better." Never.
Unless it's like, I have this disease, and then they'll prescribe a mantra or something like that. But in terms of a whole practice, the, the Rinpoche, the, nam, the Inji Mambo, the Triwa, triwa the Yure, the Nyamlen Gariyakshu, Tambo Nipa Sumba Jipa Ngapa Dene Nge Sanje, then the Lenja make Natsu Kanga Pakcha Kakare. Then they the gegen the get the getru nishu sumju the gegen trichi the getru kanga kakare then the the chiran lap kashe kompentogdu chiran lap kashe nga pendogdu ine kanga kanga pento yomare gangin sunangatsu pakcha kakare I was saying the rimbache that all of our imprints are different. Everyone in this room has a different continuum. So even in the course of one teaching, this part I might get something from, and this part you might get something from, and that part she might get something from. Um, and that's because we're, we have different continuums and different imprints that are going to latch on to certain things. And then some, of, some people would go to a class and wouldn't get anything whatsoever out of it because the imprints aren't connected in that in any way. So I was saying to Rinpoche that there's only one teaching going on. There's not some mystical thing happening where Rinpoche is emanating as 10 teachers and telling you all different things. That's not what's happening. There's one teaching going on, and that's why it's so hard to become a Buddha, because they're just a perfect prescription we're not going to have in front of us. We don't have the karma for that necessarily. If we did, we'd all just become a Buddha instantly. If a Buddha could just give us that, then we'd become a Buddha instantly because of the Buddha's great compassion. But it's, that's why it's so hard to become a Buddha because it's so subtle and there's so many parts to it. And it's like, where to begin? I've been asking where to begin forever. And they say, where, well, where are you? And then I go, I don't know where I am at. And then they say, well, sounds like the beginning of the Lam Rim. And then I don't like that, you know, because that's like boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Meditating on the excellent qualities of the Buddha and meditating on the excellent qualities, you know. But that's what allows you to become invested enough, I guess, to do the whole thing. To have the, build the faith that's really the foundation to have enough faith to believe that even though you don't know that it makes sense. Anybody? We have a lot of time. Trio Yomari, Rimache, Oga, Chiran Salangari, you be. Zar. Oga. Rimache, Guzadepi, you be. Tana Kalikasa. All right, so we want to end? Okay. All right, that's it. Thank you, everybody. That chapter, though, was so difficult. It really was. Without studying, because the Lama Tsongkhapa in that chapter is not really explaining the Svatantrika and the Prasangika view. He's really just arguing the views and, and the, what, what would be wrong to think about them. But if you don't have a working knowledge of what it is 
and what and what, and what it is is huge then that it's very much not so helpful like i can read that and if you don't tell me that's the misinterpretation part i'll read it and be like oh okay yeah <laughs> all right yeah so that's the way it is and it, it, i could i could go weeks thinking that if you just scratch that out and put the correct view <laughs> so you know the kalika this ne segedu the shade kalika pudu this shine danlato the ne the 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 mambo lamson kapa the luta mambo kagdu yine the ngais the ripa shade yapio mare then sansang ne the logdu the ne ne sampa the lamson kapa dawa the ne sampa the dundun the dundun then lamson kapa the kagdu the ne okay The Becha Sheda Pentogudu Rimche Natsu. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avogateshvara Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandak, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines. Spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Ramachi Gutsi Shapi Denronang. Matsu Lamran Chembo Kanga Chirilang. Aram Chembo Kanga Chirilang. So I